This is... Wow! What, what a week. What a week. Politrix. Welcome. This is Hashtag Politrix with Botsang Muilua. So, our political commentator likes a good jol now and then. And we're pretty sure that if he had to launch a party, there'd be more than a few dozen people who'd show up. For now, though, we're glad to have him as our get-together. Welcome back to Politics with Botsang Muilua. Botsang is in the building. Botsang! Yes, uh, Tato, uh, good morning and morning to the subscribers and followers. Welcome to Discover TV. They are our home for this episode. Yes, uh, different feeling, different view, but I like it. And TVs that remind you of your childhood. Hey, man, <laughs> the black and white one that I used to slap when the battery is low and it'll have a line in the middle, yeah. then you shake the battery and eat the TV for it to function again. I remember friends of mine had a black and white TV. Yes. They had a TV before we bought a TV. Yes. So we'd go watch TV at their house. And there used to be a VW ad, red, yellow, blue. Good for me and you. Doobie, doobie, doo. For the longest time, I didn't like those cars because on TV, I couldn't see the colors. Oh, because of black and white. Imaginary colors. Anyway, welcome, brother. Thanks, thanks, brother Fresh. Let's start in the courts. The EFF uh, were in court. And what happened? Well, unfortunately, they, you remember we spoke about it about two weeks ago. They filed late and, and, and the courts, they're mudding the case and they arrived late to filing and they appealed for the decision mm. of the court. But unfortunately, the court threw it out. And unfortunately for the EFF, they didn't accept their appeal. Sure. Uh, so the, the ruling or the decision of the uh, uh, parliament regarding the banning of the EFF stands as it is. And unfortunately, they were not going to be part of the sauna. Mm, mm. And, uh, but, you know, the, the ruling, it's not only about them and their salaries talked sure. for uh, February and as well as being absent for the sauna. But the, the parliament went further to, you know, amend the parliamentary rules and say they also want to, not necessarily towards the EFF. In fact, I love how they said this is not aimed at any particular party, but every new rule is aimed at things they have done. That they have done. And and anyway, w w when Parliament passes a rule, and this is the problem when we are sitting with, you know, pensioners who are neo-colonized. And, and, and if you say you want decorum and decent dressing mm. in mm. Parliament, what are they talking about? Who, and what's the standard? Or what is the standard? Is it are a they colonial a standard? Or a tie? Exactly. Is it a colonial standard? Is it an Afro, an, you know, an Afro-chic standard? I, I have said before, the, the founding president of democracy, Nelson Mandela, mm. went and addressed parliament and the United Nations and various international bodies and platforms and forums wearing what used to be known as Madiba shirt. Yes. And, and is it not a decorum? So are you going to start saying coming to parliament with uh, tea girl clothes and workers clothes as EFF calls them and overalls and makarapa? Is it, is it, is it not decorum? When EFF did that, they are not saying it's EFF, but when they said that, they said it is in representing of the masses and the unemployed and mm, the youth mm. and the, you know, blue collar workers. But, you know, way back in, in 2013, when, when I was politically active, my father's cousin, Uhuru Mwidwa, mm. was the ANC deputy speaker in Gauteng. He became an MEC after. Yes. And we once had a debate on Power FM, Power Perspective. Mm. And I was supposed to go on the parliamentary list of the party I belong to. And I said, Jim, Uhuru, you watch me. Should we go to a son? I'll come there wearing tzera mm. and let somebody that, try that's and a, that's stop a me. A loincloth. A loincloth. Yes. And let somebody stop me from walking into parliament with know. my loincloth. And who said, as long as your bum will be shined, there's enough Vaseline that he can come with it. So it's going to be a very tough one for parliament. I, I listened to the secretary of parliament mm. trying to explain what do they mean, but it's a wait and see situation. And, and certainly for the Red Berets, that all six of their leaders will not be in parliament. Mm. And, well, uh, they weren't in parliament. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, it's a, uh, look, it's an unfortunate issue. But we'll see in front. Another thing with this decision vis-a-vis uh, -vis the sauna is this decision to say they are now banning or stopping uh, uh, parliamentarians mm. to can stop and question the head of state as and when he's presenting the speech and they should wait for next week mm. when it's time to return. So I was sitting and thinking, if they are going to spend $6.5 for the sauna, as they've done, and, and the previous year it was $5 million, just increased to $6.5 contrary 
to what they knew don't promise the people. Say they'll mm. cut budget, they'll cut spending, they'll cut this. They've increased it to 6.5 million. Now, 6.5 million, and you see there, you listen to President Ramaphosa. How was it not possible for President Ramaphosa not to give that speech on in public television and platform because and, they will and, respond and, next week. Another family meeting. Another family yeah, meeting. Family what meeting. is the purpose of all those people going there in glitz and glamour with their beautiful spouses, nice clothes? I think they are bored. They don't have entertainment. Mm, mm, mm. And they go in the blue 6.5 million for listening to the president. You can't question the president. You can't challenge. You can't heckle and all those things. So mm. you just sit there and listen like a principal talking, and then you go and have nice dinners and you go home. You could have said that statement on national television mm. and issued to political parties to prepare mm. for the questions that are coming in the week we are heading to. So for me, wasteful state resources, and again, same old story, nothing new, nothing different. You know what kind of sauna I'm looking forward to one day? And hopefully it will happen in our time. I'm looking forward to a sauna where Mr. President comes to you, us and says, this is what I promised last year. This box has been ticked. This box has been ticked. Okay, we're a bit slow here. Don't worry. I promised you that uh, your ministers will be under uh, my hawk eye. Mm -hmm. This minister hasn't delivered, will not be joining us anymore. Minister Muilo, you're fired. Bring on, bring I'm, on I'm looking forward to a sauna that is actually accountable statistically and, and so that it's not just a talk shop one why yeah, this is just a talk this is just a speech listening to one person yes. actually. but also one thing that political office bearers don't understand is that failing to deliver it's not an absolute failure sure you can own up to say mm. i had promised abc i delivered a and b i sure. failed on c i couldn't mm. deliver c but don't stop there. Mm. You should be able to say, here are the corrective measures sure. that I've put into place to mm. correct the undoing of the sea and do it better next time. There's mm. nothing wrong with that. We are human sure. beings. Mm. We, you know, we don't have to achieve 100% or 90% at all times. But take responsibility, mm. be accountable, and give solutions to move forward. Don't wait for election year then to give us solutions in moving forward. No, no, they should do it as and when we move. That's why I was worried that why doesn't politicians have monitoring processes like us sure. as public servants yeah. or employees of government. You know, you've got quarterly reports, you've got mm, midterm mm, reviews mm, and all that. Mm. Those those measures were put into place in order to monitor where you are leaking, where you are delaying, mm. and to put corrective measures in place timelessly. Sure. But I don't think, you know, ministers and all that go through that process. And I think if they can start implementing monitoring processes, mm. not just to report at the end of the term, and then you keep quiet about your failures and you fail to own up to that. Mm, and I think mm. it will help the, the, the system a lot. What's happening with the competition commission, the banks that allegedly colluded to uh, fix the RAND or the trading of the RAND? Where are we in that regard? Because oh. I'm told it was thrown out. Yeah, no, look, what, what, what happened was the, the competition commission mm is taking the matter to the Constitutional Court. Okay. One, you remember we were once concerned about why is this matter being handled solely by the Competition Commission. Mm. There's no support from Financial Intelligence Center. Mm. There's no support from the banking sector, the FS, former FSB. There's no support from South African Revenue Services because there's an exchange rent element mm. on that. And the South African Reserve Bank, you know, as being the central bank of the country. Now, the Competition Commission is seen to running solely or alone with this without the support of other public or Chapter 9 institutions. Mm. I'm of the opinion that, for example, the Public Protector's Office was supposed to support or be a partner with the Competition Commission in dealing with this uh, rent manipulation saga or story because members of the public, me and you as ordinary citizens, were affected by the manipulation of the, of the currency against the dollar. But what has happened now is that the, the Competition Commission is taking the matter to the Constitutional Court after the Competition Commission Appeal Court, because mm. they've got their own appeal court, sure. said, one, they don't have jurisdiction mm. to can prosecute uh, foreign banks. Remember, there are 13 you know, international banks that are involved in this. There's, 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 there's four uh, South African banks, or in total, eight banks that have reached you know, consensus with them. Mm. They've admitted for doing that, and they, they will find penalties, which is a slap in the hand. But 13 others are refusing to cooperate, and, and the, 
the you know a competition uh, appeal tribunal has given them a little bit of a leeway at the moment and i think i would support the the the, the, the competition commission to take this matter up to the constitutional court there's a lot of parties not political in this instance mm. i've not even seen one political party question except no 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 let me correct myself except the atm they've mm. come up and issued a formal statement in support of the competition commission and to say these banks must respond. All other political parties, especially the three major parties, the mm. ANC, the EFF, and the DA, they haven't, they haven't said anything much regarding the manipulation of the currency. But I think if you recall in, in November last year, I wrote to all 400 MPs mm. and they went silent, not even acknowledgement. And as individuals, and I think I'm going to support the competition commission, and call on also the public protector's office because I had copied them that, that memo to say we cannot sit and fold our arms as a nation and let the competition commission alone to can fight this battle against the manipulation of a national currency. Mm. And, and quite surprisingly, the, the Reserve Bank is silent about it as well. But let's, let's, let's hope that once this matter reaches the constitutional court, those constitutional judges... Uh, will apply their minds properly to say that there's acceptance, but it's no longer an allegation, you know, because other banks have agreed and considered to the fact that the rent was manipulated by them. Mm. Now, the issue is no longer whether they did it or not, so it's no longer an allegation. The mm. issue is, is the competition commission empowered to can prosecute them or to can charge them. Mm. And that's where we are. And that's why I'm saying the call should now be focused on other Chapter 9 institutions and those regulators who are supposed to regulate the banks and be watchdogs of the national mm. currency to say, let's support our sister agency to can push this case forward. And that's where we are as a nation. And I thought the name, the banks that were named, were named and given a slap on the wrist because they turned witness. Yes. Against the other ones, yes, exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, so, that so, is the position. That is the but. But as I've said earlier, the the bone of contention is mm. thirteen of these banks, twenty something of them, mm. are foreign banks. Sure. So the question is: is the competition commission has jurisdiction mm. to can prosecute those banks outside the borders of South Africa? Sure. And 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 for me, I doubt if they have the jurisdiction, but. If they're still operating in South Africa and they connived with South African banks, why don't we prosecute them and charge them within the bonds of South Africa? Look, it was not only South Africa that was involved in this. The U.S. Mm. was involved. Mm. Germany was involved. We have cases now in Germany where those banks paid, you know, billions of euros to the German government as penalties. Mm. So why wouldn't we apply the same rule? The problem is in Germany, it was pushed on by the central bank, mm. understand? And we are using the competition commission. So, so the competition commission naturally is to check if there's fair competition between organizations inside South mm. Africa. Mm. In this instance, there was conniving between South African banks and foreign banks. And I think that's where the challenge is. There's a gray area of the jurisdiction of the competition commission. Because there's also the question of, at a practical level, how could have they colluded? I mean, are they in a WhatsApp group? Was there a meeting in a dark room? <laughs> Look, because anything that they could have done to collude and to meet would have left a trail. Yeah, would have Look, left evidence. I, I think there's a trail. That's why there's confessions. I mm. think there's a trail. There's evidence. I've said I knew about this since 2002, but on court papers, they're saying between 2007 until 2014. Mm. This happened from 2002. There is evidence. And that's why others, you know, considered and said, look, this happened. But we all, what more evidence do we need as a nation mm. when we know what happened to the rent at that time to move from the rate of 7.90 to the dollar? Mm. In one day we woke up, it was 11 rents to $1. Mm. And, and, and I, I don't think it's an issue of this no material evidence or records of their engagement, it is I, I, I don't think that that's the issue. I think the problem is the state entity mm. uh, 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 which is not a, a bulldog biting entity is being put at the forefront sure. to can fight this, you know, huge you know, economic animals mm. that it's going to be a very tough one, you know, mm. for the competition commission that is failing to deal with minor issues in the country to be dealing with multinational banks. And that's why my call is let other state institutions, the South African Reserve Bank, the Public Protector, the South African Revenue Services, the Financial Services Board, which is now called financial sector, banking sector, something. Mm. Mm. Let those people come in 
in support of this case, it will sure. have much more power if we do it that way as a nation. Absolutely. The last case in the courts, uh, Mr. Makate versus Vodacom. Yes. Uh, Mr. Makate was a Vodacom employee. He suggested a paging idea for if you want to have someone call you. It's called, yeah. please call me. Mm -hmm. So basically, if Butsang doesn't have enough airtime, you can page me on my phone and say, please call me. And obviously, Vodacom generated income and uh, tons of it from the please call me service. Uh, Mr. Makate eventually won in court uh, that since it was his idea yep. and it was proven as such, he must be compensated and compensated fairly. But the courts obviously stopped short of saying how much the compensation should be. Then they were told they must go discuss it. I think Vodacom offered him 46 million or something. Yes, around 40 million, yes. And he said, no, I need a percentage <clears throat> of whatever this um, idea of mine um, has generated. Yeah. And obviously he held the fort down and said, I will wait, uh, basically. And now the Supreme Court of Appeals yes, have same. said Vodacom need to come up with a better offer. Mm -hmm. And people calculating how much Please Call Me has made figure a, a couple billion are due to Mr. Makati. Well, Fresh, uh, thumbs up to Mpo Makati. Yes, for uh, hanging in there. Go Goliath, uh, what, David versus Goliath this yes. time, not Goliath versus David, because he has always been a step ahead of them. But also thumbs up to the Supreme Court of Appeal. Mm. Because they've done what we complained about before. The decision of the High Court previously to say he invented the call, please call me, mm. and, and he has to be compensated for that. And they stopped there. So they allowed the two parties, Vodacom and Mr. McCarthy, to go and, and, and you know, reach a mm. consensus and a settlement of how much is he owed. I think it, it was to his disadvantage because obviously Vodacom will offer you. They make $4 billion, they offer you a, a $40 million, mm. which is simple as 0.1% of what they made. But when he rejected $40 million, the majority of doomsayers were saying, this guy doesn't even have $2 million in his account. Mm. I will just take it and accept it. And I'm one of the people who said, you should not. It's a matter of principle. Absolutely. There is a principle and the law is on his side to this advantage. But what the Supreme Court of Appeal has done now They've put one a figure to it sure. to say he must be compensated between five and seven point five percent. So they must go and agree of what they made, which is which is amounting to billions of rents. Mm -hmm. At least there's a figure. The second sure. thing that is very important, which the Supreme Court of Appeal has done, and I wish most of our courts could do that in various cases. They've put a time frame to it mm -hmm. to say within thirty days. Vodacom must go and do the calculation and come with an offer. If he accepts it, they will sign an agreement. If they don't, but anyway, uh, at the moment, what has happened is uh, Vodacom has decided to take the matter to the Constitutional Court, mm. which is the last step they can take it up to. But uh, I think, look, the man must not give up at the moment. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's a battle. It's, it's not only an economic battle, it's also a political battle. Because if this invention, in my view, and looking at the history of this country, was done by somebody coming from the United States or a white person who could be talking a different story, mm. they are taking advantage of him. But he waited for almost 20 years. It's been 20 years. Mm. So giving up when you are left with two months, I would not do that. I think you should fight this battle. But and as soon as soon as uh, you know, Mpo, uh, I've been one of his people rooting for him. As soon as the, he gets a tweet, you know, I'm gonna send him a please call me. Uh, <laughs> please call. I need foul. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will not put a figure. I will mm. not put a figure to it. But. But this is one fighter that has showed us that if you believe you are correct, if you've got an, in an innovation or invention, you must stick to your guns and fight a battle. You know, a lot of black people in South Africa fresh have lost. I remember the Moyo case with, with Olmushwala because people, mm. my own case with the government, because people give up along the lines. You get tired, you get trained. You and, and often they tie you up in the courts knowing it's going to drain your legal resources. Your resources, yes. You yeah. not, uh -uh. not because they need to do it. Yes, the, yeah. and they are using public resources. Sure. But with Vodacom, it's a, it's a private business. Mm. They, they, they are multi-billion rent business. I checked, you know, uh, before I came to the studio, if any of the Vodacom shares were impacted by the uh, uh, Supreme Court of Appeal decision mm. during the week. Nothing much. There's mm. not much that happened there. So you can see that it's a very stable business. It's a very stable you know, uh, organization. But I, I, I think Vodacom must stop playing dirty. You know, it's, it's about time. That guy is not going to give up. Mm. But also what they don't realize is the court even included interest. Mm. 
yeah. in this matter. So they're, they're going to lose more. The mm, more they waste mm. time. I don't think the Constitutional Court will come with 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 any different decision yeah. in this matter. Mm. Uh, people think the court will look at is an individual who is not worth the billions. They are forgetting mm. that that battle, whether he invented this and he's got a kid, it's done. Mm. At the moment, it's how much is he entitled to. And sure. that's where the battle is. Mm. But I think Mpo must keep, stick to his guns and, and, and Mr. McCarthy must actually fight Goliath until Goliath collapses. Mm. And, and I think that's what we should do. But the court has been very fair. In this instance, thumbs up to the Supreme Court of Appeal uh, for giving the date, as I've said, as well as at least a percentage. They should actually fix the percentage. What is five... Uh, between 5 and 7.5 of what they've made. Why couldn't they say 5 or 6? Why do you still leave a room? Uh, a voter commonly say, we'll give you 5, and he will stand up and say, no, no, I need 7. You mm. see, there's still a room to play. They should sure. have even tightened it more. Mm. And I think if our courts are going to start ruling in that fashion or that manner, a lot of cases will not waste time in court. If the sure. high court would have put the figure and the time at that time, would have not wasted time at the Supreme Court of Appeal. Now they're going to the Constitutional Court, but what I like about Constitutional Court cases in South Africa, they don't take too long. Mm. It's a very quick, you know, they, they, there's not many cases there. So they, they will hear the case will be finished in the next few months. Because that's the thing that surprised me a lot, that, you know, you'd have thought that the courts would have arrived at a figure as opposed to leave it out there to them. To them, yeah. And I think that's the unfair part, mm. you know. That's the unfair part. Come up with a figure or tell the parties when they come to court mm. to come with a criteria. Let me make an example with the Labour Court. When I when I went to the to the CCMA with my court, there was a figure, the commissioner or the presiding officer said, How much is your salary per month? This is how much your employer should pay you. The figure is there. Mm. Understand? So mm. so it's easier and better that way, especially when you don't have the resources. But when you have people wasting state resources mm. or company resources, voter campaign lawyers to save billions, mm. it means nothing for them. Sure, sure. Understand? So even the money that he will get at the end of the case, imagine how much the lawyers that are representing him are going to get. Normally, when you sign uh, these concessions with legal teams to represent mm. you, it's not pro bono. Uh, you get into an agreement, then you'll pay if you win or at the end. They will take something between uh, 20 and 25%. Sometimes it goes to 30% of mm. your income. Mm. But it was a fight with it. Absolutely. Speaking of fights, what's happening at the ICJ? Oh, the International Court of Justice. Yeah, we, we, we know South Africans are not fair people. Mm. <laughs> After our in-inverted commas victory at the ICJ, we came home, celebrated, then Palestine is still being bombed. But that's not what we are talking about today. Uh, uh, in the past week, the ICJ had a sitting again to look at the application of NATO countries uh, uh, supporting, uh, 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 what is it called, uh, Ukraine. Mm. Ukraine took a matter there. If you recall, it was mainly based on women and children that Russia had taken from, that primarily, that's the first part, from, from Ukraine into Russia. Mm. But there was a court order that uh, the Russians should return those and release those people to back to, to Ukraine, to their motherland, which Russia did. But the application was, is it genocide to what Russia is doing to Ukraine? Uh, uh, because obviously when there's a war, there'll be casualties, women and children, and you know hospitals will be bombed and all that. So what is happening is people were saying, why is South Africa not supporting Ukraine the same way as the way we were supporting uh, Palestine in this uh, International Court of Justice regarding the, the war between uh, NATO and, and, and Russia over Ukraine? Mm. But uh, Russia came out victorious in this case because the ICJ ruled that this is not genocide. And those individuals or ordinary citizens who perished during this you know, it's two years now, this two-year-old war. Mm. Uh, it was casualties of war. It's not to say uh, uh, Russia targeted them specifically. Sure, sure. You also have uh, civilians and children and women <laughs> in Russia who died because of this. So Russia became our victorious in this instance. And, 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 and the, 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 you know, rockets and bombs are still flying between these two countries. I think this is where the diplomatic, you know, community should now come in and go back to the drawing board and say to Russia and Ukraine, can you go back to the, you know, to the table? Because also, what is also very important on this ruling of the ICJ uh, in favor of Russia, uh, the ICJ has quoted what the, the agreement that was signed in 2014 mm. 
between the two countries and said, but Ukraine went against an agreement and so Russia is reacting. And that was an international agreement sanctioned by the United Nations. So you go to the United Nations and say, I broke the agreement and this guy started bombing me or taking me or occupying my land. The question is, why did you broke the agreement? And I think that agreement, having it been on paper and, and endorsed by the United Nations, it went to the advantage of Russia at the mm. moment. So when people have been asking me, why is South Africa taking sides with Russia, which is an aggressor in this instance, and I've been saying the merits of the case of Russia and Ukraine and Palestine mm. and Israel are not the same. This sure. is not the same case scenario. It's not the same situation. Apples and bananas. Yes. Absolutely. Let's go to the coup belt. Uh, Mali, Niger, Burkina Faso on some ECOWAS peace out. Yeah. Um, there was a meeting, I think, in Abuja, Nigeria, having a baby about it. Now there's another meeting because obviously uh, those three countries from the coup belt mm -hmm. leaving ECOWAS could yes. destabilize ECOWAS. Very, very much so fresh. Uh, one, it's not only the meeting with Nigeria, Ghana also has been shaken on this. Mm -hmm. uh, wh what is important about this whole thing to note is that the, you like calling the coup belt, the, the three uh, uh, rascal countries with military uh, 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 governments, they were like with immediate effect. And, and obviously it will destabilize trade and you know trade facilitation in ECOWAS. Uh, for our viewers who do not know, ECOWAS is the counterpart of SADAC. We are in the southern part of Africa. It's the economic community of uh, West Africa. Now, they have decided to withdraw. And countries like Ghana and Nigeria are against that. They, are, they actually had, you know, as we are sitting here, mm. an, an agent, you know, their security council meeting to look at that. Countries like Nigeria and Ghana, in my view, they are not fair towards these former French colonists. And I'll explain to you why. They are worried about instability and security within the region. They never cared about the economic situation of these three countries, mm. which is Niger, Mali, and Burkina Faso. Mm. They never cared about them. At the hand, hands of France. At the hand of France. Mm. You know, uh, uh, Fresh, the, the, the central banks or the reserve banks of these countries actually, the Treasury, they report to the French Central Bank. So they're literally a branch of the French Central mm, Bank, mm. and they are trading, they, or they've been trading in the French franc until this course. But they have decided they are leaving ECOWAS because they are surrounding countries. Their partners who are supposed to be supporting them mm. are not doing that. Procedurally and diplomatically, in terms of the conventions, they have to give a one-year notice. But those are military guys. No, they don't care about one year notice. They said, we are leaving immediately. Do mm. whatever you want to do. And that's why Ghana and Nigeria and other member states of ECOWAS are jumping around. But also, how will it impact the economy in that region? This is the difficulty that they will suffer. But this is what happens when you are in a battle. There will always be casualties. These three countries are all landlocked. They are landlocked countries, and they are dependent on a country like Nigeria and mm. Ghana, which have the sea. So it's the same situation as Botswana and Zambia and Zimbabwe. They are landlocked, sure. and they are dependent on Mozambique, South Africa, and Namibia, because, and, and Angola to some extent. Mm. So, so in order to do a movement of people and goods between the, those three countries and their neighbors, they, they will still need to trade with them. And with the Africa, you know, open trade happening at the moment is going to heavily impact on, on the trade and movement of passengers and goods between those two countries. Mm. As an example, during the AFCON, what happened was during the African Cup of Nations, the soccer tournament, some of citizens or residents of those three countries had traveled with ECOWAS passports to, to uh, Ivory Coast. And they were afraid that when their countries have now withdrawn, when they are sitting in Ivory Coast, will they be able to travel back home with ECOWAS passports? Because mm -hmm. unlike us in SADAC, they've got an ECOWAS, a regional passport. Sure. So member states of those countries, they carry one passport. Whether you are from Burkina Faso or Mali, you all have the same passport. Uh, the East African community is also doing you know, the same thing, coming with one passport. But it has been clear that the people will be allowed to move, but the problem is going to be good because Nigeria and Ghana have started imposing sanctions on these three countries for, for security reasons, which I think is very much unfair. When you look at our colonial masters, mm. France, I mean, uh, 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 Ghana and Nigeria, they are members of the Commonwealth. They were colonized by the British, okay? They are English-speaking countries. The mm. British is not treating them. Mm. They, are, they are not neo-colonized anymore. It's not treating them 
and controlling them and owning their resources the way France is doing with its former uh, uh, colonies. In fact, they're treating them like they're still colonies. You, you understand? They're in, treating in, them like still in, colonies. In the bigger scheme of things, they exactly. are still colonies. Exactly. All their resources are controlled by France. Their national council is controlled by France. France decided until the coups who will be the head of state, who will be in government. Now, their neighbors... Isn't are, that ironic, though? Because Abuja or Nigeria mm-hmm. is saying you guys are going to destabilize us as ECOWAS because you're allowing foreign interests to dictate to you the next course of action. Yeah. While, while they wanted them to, to, to... Is France not a foreign? Hence I'm saying. You know, Surely the, the irony there is clear. But, but, but I think the, the heads of states and military leaders of this country have decided to ignore Nigerian country mm. because they've been pushing... Nigeria itself has internal problems with insurgents, mm. with, with people that are taking their police in, in police barracks and their soldiers, and they're talking about instability when they're in, you know unstable inside the country with military skirmishes and things like that. But... I also think if you look at economic reports, Burkina Faso and, and Niger, in the last six months, they've been the fastest growing economies, not only in Africa, in the world. Mm. After reclaiming their mining and natural resources, they will suffer for quite some time. There will be casualties, economic casualties. But mm. they've been poor countries anyway with, with rich natural resources that were benefiting France. And I think they've taken a standpoint to the regional body, ECOWAS, and say... You, if you want us to continue to be members, you have to stand with us, one as brothers, two as neighbors, mm. and three against the aggressor, which is France. It may not be a military aggression that France was doing there. It was an absolute economic sabotage and exploitation. Mm. And these countries have stood up and said, but this man, this old colonizer, we are still feeling like colonized, and we mm. want that to stop. And I'm very disappointed with countries like Nigeria and Ghana, which are now going to abuse their, their ports and in their access to the seaports, and that will actually strain and, 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 but, and, and you know, damage the economy of these three countries. But look, countries like Russia and China, you don't rely on uh, a sea and rail or road transport only in order to, to can run your economy. We'll have countries like China and Russia stepping in and say, we'll fly goods in there, mm. whether with military choppers or what, but we'll fly goods in there, you understand? So so trying to squeeze them to say you will frustrate the road corridors or the rail corridors, if rail corridors exist there. And, and instead of aiding them, look at what Namibia has done with Namport. And I spoke about this before. In Namibia, they have given land mm. to Botswana and Zambia. Mm. So Botswana and Zambia, they are, they are landlocked countries, but, but they, 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 port they, they've got port facilities mm. in Namport, especially the port of Valvis Bay. And, and that's what neighbors do. That's sure. what countries that are trading economically should be doing. Mm. Instead of squeezing them economically and punishing them and saying, you don't have a sea, therefore you are not going to benefit. Create from, a corridor. Yeah, create a corridor. Let's be neighborly. Exactly. And this is what Ghana and Nigeria and other countries around there which have access to the sea mm. is supposed to be doing in supporting Burkina Faso, Mali, and Niger. But they are not doing that. They are instead crying with France mm. on the same side. And you you ask yourself, if they were even former French colonies, would understand to say France is squeezing them on the side. You understand? But they were also not even French colonies. You know, and they are they are free in inverted commas because I still believe that nobody is free in Africa, and then they are they are free from the control of the UK or of England, and yet they don't want mm. Burkina Faso, Mali, and Niger to be free from the control of France, and sure. and and. And, and I want to see how the AU, this is what we're going to be watching this coming week, how the AU is going to react to this whole problem. Because I don't think both sides will, are going to benefit if they are going to push these guys out, being landlocked countries. But this is where, you know, economic corridors of moving goods and people, mm. it's very important in developing a country in establishing corridors. And, and we've done it very well in the Sadat region. The EAC has the leading and best corridor infrastructure in Africa, the EAC, East African Community. Sure, sure. And we are doing well in SADC, you know, towards mm. that direction. Mm, mm. And unfortunately, ECOWAS did not do the same. Sure. I've got a, a, a friend uh, who's a business person in, in Botswana, and he's had his container stuck in Durban for the last three months. So he's had to reorder his stock from China, and mm-hmm. it's coming through Namibia now. Yeah. And he says he's going to stick with that plan because he says because the port 
issues in Namibia are not as hectic as they are here currently with the dysfunction, with the um, 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 infrastructure that is falling apart. Despite dysfunction, the red tapes as well. The, the red tape uh, as I well. Think, yes, he I says, think Namibia has softened uh, uh, the, the regulations towards neighboring countries that they have partnered with. And that's what he's it, saying, that it, it's going to start making better business sense for him to just use the Namibian port. Let, let me tell you, it, it may be far, but it's, it makes better business sense. few years back, mm. uh, uh, when I joined Cross Border, was part of the team that did the corridor research. You know, mm. I, I actually drove all Southern African corridors, Yo. over 30,000 kilometers. I was going to say, drove. it's a very long drive. Yeah. Now, now, one of the documents we produced at that time, and, mm. and, and I'm saying this in my private capacity, not officially, <laughs> uh, uh, that was to, to warn the government, mm. fresh, I'm telling you, this was around 2013, 2014, we're warning the government that Mozambique is developing the port of Beira, mm. which is far up north. And it has the same deep sea levels, whatever, as it's, it's the port natural. of Devon. It'll be a natural say, port, yes. yes. And you know what did they do, those countries from EAC to, you mm. know, from east to west, you know, coast of, of the continent? They just created a very good road infrastructure mm. moving from east to west as well as rail. Mm. Now it is cheaper, faster, and safer mm. for people to move their goods on the southern tip to Namibia, to the port of Valvis Bay, and on the on the which is on the west coast, and then on the east coast to the port of Beira, because yeah. of the challenges we are having in our ports on the south. Mm. The government did not act on that seven, eight years back, and it has caught up with us. And and I got paid, by the way. I was earning a salary. It was my job, mm. you know. And you write this advisory papers, and people just sit and say these ones are joking. But but it has caught up with us. So mm. now it's the Valvis Bay port and the port of Beira, and this is more on the southern part. If you move upper north, you have the you know the port of uh, in in Angola, mm. and then you look at what Tanzania and Kenya have done. Sure. So it's a challenge for South Africa. But we had an advantage because we occupy both oceans, both sides. We are, we have ports on both sides. Absolutely, we didn't take advantage of that. But is it not frustrating the level at which a lot of our administrators and uh, people governing us and managing the way things work, managing um, your state-owned uh, enterprises, that we do all these research papers that often say there's a problem here, but they're never taken seriously. Look at I mean, um, no, no. Look at I mean, President Mbeki was told that there's a problem here. Mm -hmm. You need to sort out what's happening at ESCOM. We're going to have a problem. It's only years later he apologizes that we should have acted. And it's, you know, it's, yes, 2020 is, hindsight is 2020. But why asking experts to tell you if there's a problem if you're not going to listen when the experts tell you there's a problem? It, it's, it's, it's the question of not, and this is what we spoke about the other day, if political office bearers, presidents and political mm. parties can deploy experts as ministers. Mm. Now, you are taking... Bozang as an expert, he's a diplomat, he's a border management expert or Kurdos expert. He writes a paper on border management or, or diplomacy or mm. convention. And he gives it to a minister who, who has never been to school, who mm. knows nothing about that process. Mm. How do you expect that minister to have that understanding? They don't listen to their advisors. Their advisors are sometimes not even experts in the field. Mm. They're deploying them on. And so it will be better. We are in the year of elections. We are going to go into a new government, absolutely, with new ministers. If you are going to deploy a minister in, for example, human settlement, let it be somebody who knows a little bit about town planning and houses and building. And or have advisors or experts who will listen to technocrats on the ground. But but fresh, if if somebody goes and asks me to go and write a paper now about health, I know nothing about health and science, and and you know, and I'm not a physician. And and if one of the ministers takes me to become their advisor and is a minister of health, and that minister is a former school teacher who's mm. also not a health expert, mm. they, they, we must expect chaos there. Mm. So I think the government should actually try. It's not always possible, mm. but try and deploy people who are experts in the field. Look at when Dr. Aaron Mutsoledi was at health. Look at when Dr. Nkwasana Tlamini Zuma was at health. They're both health experts. They're both mm. medical mm. doctors. Mm. And things got better. And, 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 and look at now uh, uh, Justice Lamola is an advocate mm. or a, a lawyer by profession. I'm, I will not say he's doing an excellent job, but there's a little bit of direction sure, compared to sure. when we had people there who knew nothing about the law. Mm. And, and, and what's wrong in, in asking this? 
this ministers to go and study. And this is where now uh, the political parties must deploy people who are young and who are educated in those fields. Mm. It will aid the country. You know, I heard when uh, 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 Dr. Kosi and came in and like, he's an engineer, he's going to sort ESCOM out. And I went and I said, Dan, what kind of an engineer? You can't just take any engineer. Mm. Is, it, is it an engineer in electricity or electrical soft current or heavy current? Or maybe he's a mining engineer or maybe he's a mechanical engineer. Mm. Does it help the process when those experts at ESCOM and at Midupian Kusil, and they are talking to him. Does he understand what mm. they are saying? And I think that is what is important. It, it will not harm the ANC, the DA, the, the big parties. They've got educated, equipped, capable young people. Mm. And I've said the other day, young, they shouldn't even count me and you. I saw our followers are calling us hot mans on, on their comments. We are not yet good, but if the government goes and hires somebody who's 45, who's an expert to go and do the job, and I've used Rwanda as an example. The, 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 the Minister of Communication in Rwanda and spokesperson of government is 32 years old, 33 this year. Mm. He's got a master's degree in that field of study. Yep. The Minister of Youth and Sports Development is a very young star. Mm. So, if you go and, 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 and you remove Mama Dr. Ngosana Zuma from being Minister of Health and you make her Minister of Arts, Youth and Sports, and really, well, what are we, youth, mm. what are we trying to do as a nation? Mm. And, and, and I think the government must use these elections of 2024, moving into the new government, as an opportunity mm. to correct the wrongs of the past. Don't waste your current crisis, guys. Yes. There's a crisis, don't waste it. And, and, and fresh, it's an opportunity because uh, the oldest, the former prisoners, the former exile people, they've eaten. You know, they've eaten, and they aged. were taken, and, and aged. aged, and they were taken care of, and they've done well in their. Can they move aside? Mm. And we have youngsters who can, or young people, young mm. generation mm. who have young and fresh ideas. Sure who can move the country forward. In fact, I'd like to take back uh, that statement, don't waste the crisis, because I've never heard a single politician admit there's a crisis. So don't waste this challenge. They love the word challenge, but no one will ever admit there's a crisis. Yeah, co coincidentally, I hear during the course of this past week, yeah. uh, uh, Ambassador Lindy Wezul, sorry, Minister yes. uh, uh, Lindy Wezul, you know, I still refer to you as Ambassador. I was actually watching, she was interviewed in one of the media TV channels, and she admitted actually quite a number of things. Mm. She admitted that whilst there are successes, there are challenges. You call them challenges. There are challenges here No, and they there, call them challenges. Yeah. I think there are quite a few crises. Yeah, I know. I think it's beyond challenges. I think it's crisis now. Yeah. Once people's taps dry out, once the aircraft are no longer flying, once there's no electricity. Mm. You know, in the past year, we, 2023, we had 332 days of 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 of, of darkness mm. understand? so in 356 or 55 whatever days of the year mm. only only less than 30 people had electricity the whole day mm. for me that is crisis mm. when the rent water taps dry there's no water in mid -range. even for a day yeah for, a day. for a day it's it's, it's cr you call that crisis mm. it was crisis that killed people in Hamanskral. it's mm. crisis that kids in kwazulu natal they they miss school on top of young girls having problems with periods and health, mm -hmm. they miss school when it's a rainy day. When, mm -hmm. when it starts a storm and they're at school, they must go home. Because there's no bridge. Because there's no bridge. Mm -hmm. It's crisis that children in, in Limpopo, as well as in the Eastern Cape, they still you know, die in pit latrines. Mm -hmm. And when we say such, it does not mean there's no good that government has done. Mm -hmm. We have talked about the good that government has done. But once it, it impacts and affects human lives. Mm. For example, security. You go to Deep Slot, Oliver Noteboards, downtown city of Tobek. Mm. You, you are unsafe to be there. You know, the sad thing, Butsang, is we've become so desensitized when it, becomes, when it comes to death of citizens. Yes. That, yes. that is why no one will ever admit there's a crisis. In a lot of other countries, one death makes front page news. Exactly. It, you'd think that a whole school bus of children had come off a cliff. Especially. But we've become so used to death that it's almost it's okay. like, oh, okay, another 20 people yeah. are dead. Next week, we want to lose another 30, but we want to keep it moving because we've normalized that people are dying. And, 
and also violent death. You know, if people die because there's a pandemic that mm. the government couldn't control, sure. like it happened with COVID, it was beyond the government. Mm. The world was caught off guard, mm. you understand? But but these are violence that, that we experience. These are deaths that could have been avoided. Mm. During the course of this past week, a, a bus with 53 girls in mm. the free state mm. went off the road and, 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 and you know, there were even fatalities mm. there. And it's okay. When we see death in our newspapers, as we say, somebody has been shot and killed. Somebody has been slept. It's just another day. It's just another day and we continue life as normal in mm. South Africa. Mm. And 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 I, I don't know whether we have lost value for life as human beings, as African people, mm. or, or, or we are too many that politicians and those who are supposed to be protecting people, they see nothing wrong that... You know, there's a gun. You know, South Africa is part of the AU. We are mm. part, we are part of the what well, peacekeeping, you know, missions in sure. Africa. We have been talking as a nation about silencing the guns in Africa. But these guns that we are pushing to be silenced in Africa, they are making noise in the streets of Alexander, the streets of Oliver, the streets of Kwamashu. Guns are going every day. The, you know, the the, the 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 Cape Flats. It's guns everywhere, and people are dying. And yet we find, and, and we also must take responsibility as normal citizens that we find it normal to say, hey, they killed my brother last week. I was, I was burying a friend of mine and next week it's another one, next week it's another one. But these criminals, these thugs as well, they hide within the society. Mm. And that's where we have a responsibility. We, we protect them. To, yes, we protect no. them. Mm. We know, it, you know, I always We know say, that puts and Gilikinsa. Yeah. But also Botsang, you know, gives it's us... glorified... He, but Botsang also buys us groceries yes. and looks after the community. You know, so it's okay. There's two types of thugs. Mm. One is a political thug. Another one is a criminal. They do the same thing. And we defend both of them. And we defend both. We we, we vote others into power and we mm. house others. Mm. You know, this one who kills he steals vehicles and robs people. You know that when somebody robs vehicles, there's mm. possibility of death. Sure. And we still allow that person to live within the community mm. because he buys us booze, he gives us money. So what they do is they starve the people mm. in order to, you know, make them beggars and, sure. and keep them as trace. Politicians do the same. Mm. They've starved people. They've not made people to be well equipped so that we can challenge them. We can mm. tell them when they do wrong because they will starve you. Mm. And then they will come and bring you grants and, and threaten you like the president did to say... Do, do, do you figure people are de deliberately being turned into dependents? I, I think it's deliberate, fresh. And, 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 for political gains. For political reasons. gains also. And, and to also deal with people who can... You know, when, when you have conscientized people, mm. uh, uh, the politicians will, will not be comfortable. If we were a conscientized nation, if our people would stand up and question the government, especially on basics, if people would stand up and go to court, to the public protector's office, and say the municipality of Joburg or Tswane or Ekuruleni is denying us clean water as our constitutional right, therefore we are laying a charge mm. against them, you understand? There's another uh, groundbreaking ruling that happened in the past week in the Free State, uh, I, I don't know what it's Mangaun called. They ruled that uh, the community mm. or residents, uh, what the municipalities failed to deliver, they can stop paying and, and outsource. Sure. So we as a resident, a community can we'll say, club our money together. we'll club our money we'll together. We'll pay for our own we'll rates. We'll pay for our own rates. We'll yeah. go and hire a company that will fix potholes, yes. that will take care of the streets or that will supply us water. I think... That's what people should do. And, and until we have functional municipalities, maybe also communities should be allowed to do. Exactly. That so, we will look after ourselves since you can't look after ourselves. Exactly. Us. We'll look after ourselves. So th these are some of the challenges. Mm. You know, one of the things that happened that irked me uh, sure. in the past week, mm. it's, and, 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 and I didn't test that information with the Southern Reserve Bank. I must put that disclaimer, but I read it in, the, in a newspaper mm. that uh, the Southern Reserve Bank have declared the Bank of Orania Mm. It's, I think it's uh, uh, Ora LT something because their currency is Ora. Orania is that mm. Dorpi in their currency. Afrika, African enclave. Yes, So, so they've said it's a well-managed financial bank, and I'm like, if the South African Reserve Bank can actually even rate that bank, does it mm. mean they recognize them? And I'm not mm. questioning what the Africaners have done in Orania because mm. they, they didn't have confidence in the central government or the provincial government. So they clapped themselves to create a state within a state. And, and that's not my problem. That's them. But we allowed them. 
And why? Because now they've got schools, mm. they've got their currency, they've got their flag, their national anthem, and they're living. Life is continuing. Mm. And our government is sitting and looking at this whole thing happening in front of our eyes. Mm. It's going to happen in Cape Town very soon. There are people mm. who are already cooking up a case that uh, 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 the Western Cape or the city of Cape Town should be independent. And that's why there are calls for the country to go back to the four provinces mm. instead of nine. Sure. And you know what are the four provinces? The ones that were created by the British and the Dutch mm. after they conquered us. So these are some of the things we must be wary of as a nation and mm. not allow. Because politicians, I don't know why they don't care. My only concern with political office bearers mm. is why don't they care? Why none of them, except in some instances, Panyaza uh, Lusufi uh, will stand up and say this thing of having the IEB mm. and the basic education department exam. We must try and merge and find a common ground. Mm. Why don't we say such things with all other sectors? Mm. You know, why don't we say to South African police services, you don't have resources, you mm. are struggling. There are community forums. Mm. There are armed members of the community who are trained police soldiers mm. and personnel, security personnel. Why don't we, we know that these committees, mm. but let them work and gel together to an extent that a security officer can arrest and be part of the proceedings in court because they live within the community. Have a network. Yeah, and, and that's what we need, but mm. we don't have a political will. No, because nothing is a crisis. Well, we've got crisis. The country is in crisis. A, a young girl was shot in the head by a stray bullet the other day. It was in the news the other day. And now it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone. She's gone. The issue is gone. And, and the value People of in life. People in Madibain can't drink the water anymore. Yes. It's, it's brown. Yes. But there is no crisis. Uh -huh. And that's serious crisis. Water, it's it's like education, it's, it's like it's health. It's a basic human right. It's a it's it's enshrined in the constitution of the country. Yet we as citizens, we are not taking up the government. Mm. You know, for that we allow the government to bring water to us with tankers. Mm. Then it's dirty. Mm. Then then it's not properly purified. And, and who's monitoring? that the tankers are getting us water that is portable in the first place. But how did we arrive at this stage when a racist apartheid government led by Peg Buota signed a deal with, 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 with Lesotho for the Lesotho Highlands projects, the mm. water project? I mean, the apartheid government could do that and sign the argument with mm. We didn't upkeep to that. You, you understand? And, and we, 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 there's water crisis in the world, mm. but we are not taking care of the little we are having in mm. order to can take care of the nation. Mm. And all because of collapse of infrastructure, but I always say all because of corruption. Because when you look at what is happening in rainwater, you know, I learned uh, last week when I went to the funeral of my friend uh, Debza mm. from rainwater, I only learned last week that rainwater is the largest bulk water supply in Africa. Mm. In the whole continent, it's mm. the largest. Mm. Because I was asking, why would people kill each other? Now there's a water mafia. Mm. You know, I learned it from the Minister of Water Affairs and, and, and all that. that. Now there's water mafia because the money there is bigger than the construction mafia. You need water and, for everything. And it's easy money. And it's easy money. Mm. Now, now. And, and, and it might not be in the interest of people that actually sell water for our infrastructure to work yes. optimally. Yes, yes. So you can see the link between the, the infrastructure uh, uh, building, what you call construction mafia, mm. and the water mafia, and people are dying. Mm. And so, so I think it's a political will where political office bearers must take a stand and say, let's identify what are the five major crises in South Africa. One, it's security. Mm. Two, it's health. Three, it's education. Mm. Collapse of infrastructure. Those are our crises for. Let's put our energies and resources into these challenges. Mm. We wouldn't be sitting with 825 doctors who are unemployed. Mm. And the government wakes up and say, we don't have money to can hire them. We, we have vacancies. We need doctors, mm. but we don't have money to hire them. You know, I'm, I'm diverting. Coming back to the story of these doctors mm. that cannot be hired. I listened to the um, deputy or the minister. No, it's not. It's the deputy minister of health. Partha, yes. Pa no, Partha is the minister. Mm. Uh, I think it's Mkonzi or something, okay, the deputy, okay. mm. saying everything is fine. Those people were taken for training process was followed, but there's no money. And I asked myself, when a student mm. leaves metric and go to first and register for medicine, and you give that student bazaaris, mm. you know what is the, the, the outcome. You can see the pipeline. You can see the pipeline. You will know that after six or seven years, mm. you have... There's a new cohort. There's a new cohort. What mm. did you do? to plan for those students that the state has been funding. Let's leave in five years. Let's mm. leave five years fresh. Mm. They are last two years of study. Mm. 
it is compulsory this country according to the South African uh, Medical Council mm. that they must do a two-year uh, uh, in service in service you understand internship training already two years service. before they finish mm. you already know that there's 2000 doctors in inverted mm. commas who are doing their in service training mm. where is planning where mm. is budgeting mm. how how much are doctors in the public service earning mm that the government cannot afford to place 800 of them or mm. even half of them mm. in needy areas of the country. How much does, does it cost? Mm. If we can spend uh, uh, 6.5 million in one night party of Gogos and, and, and Madalas having a party, a, a sauna party, 6.5 million, if we would have divided that 6.5 million with five doctors, mm. would have made a difference. But sure. also, where is the planning in government to say there is an output that's coming our way? We have mm. to have an input basket where we will receive this graduate. It's not there. Mm. And then you ask yourself, I will not blame ministers for that. The DGs, the HR uh, you know, executives in the departments, the South African and medical council themselves. Mm. What did they do to aid and guide government to say, there's this influx coming that we are mm. certificating and confirming to be doctors ready to be deployed. We are not doing anything about it. And that. we need doctors. And we need doctors. We mm. need, actually, we need, and it's not only about doctors, nurses. Mm. You know, all people in the, in the medical field of study, what people call medical personnel. Sure. You understand? We need them in clinics, in townships, in mm. rural areas, but the government has no plan in accommodating those people who can render a constitutionally-based service health. Mm. Then, then we have a problem. Uh, what I call but it a it's problem. not a crisis. It, it is a crisis. Uh, your, your ministers, <laughs> you and your ministers, can, that, it is a crisis a that challenge. we're supposed to be it's dealing with. Yeah. Anyway, just uh, in uh, wrapping, and I suppose in, in um, solidarity with the people of Namibia, I remember when I was a child, uh, when Sister Sekhama passed away. Yes. I mean, yes. I was still a child, but you feel the pain yeah. uh, as a nation. Um, I remember Deputy President Lingilese Sereza passing away, mm. felt the pain. I remember Madiba passing away, felt the pain. Sekitumile um, Masira passing away, felt the pain. So I can only imagine the pain Namibians are going through, are going through at yes. the death of President Khairo. Yes, fresh. Uh, sadly, so uh, uh, we have lost one of the giants. We praised him twice on this show, and he was he was the, he was a guy. Uh, he, he and, was. And, in fact, conspiracy theorists figure he's been taken out. Wow, uh, be, be, uh, I haven't come across that. But I no, thought they said they're it's saying, cancer, isn't it? They're saying it's cancer, but a lot of people will tell you that uh, if you know what to put where. Uh, a person will get cancer. Look, we featured him twice on this show. He has yeah. been a rebel. He has been taking, he took a stand against the Germans mm -hmm. and on, on the reparations that he called them a joke. He, he, and also when uh, they commented on how many Chinese are there yes, in, in yes. Namibia. He, he took a very good stand. There yeah. was a time he actually, you know, dragged in the German ambassador directly mm. to his office, you mm. know, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, made, made the, the spirit, you know, it's a gallant fighting spirit of, of, he's a former liberation movement a, 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 a fighter, you know, of Swapo. And he was the first prime minister of, of the Republic of Namibia after independence from when it was still Southwest Africa. And uh, look, it, it, at an age of 82 plus, he's an elderly person, but he was still strong and going well. It came as a shock to me. I didn't know that he was living with cancer. But uh, uh, to our neighbors, the Namibians, they, you know, they call themselves the land of the Braves. Mm. And, and it's a loss not only to the Namibians, but to, 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 to the region, you mm. understand? Mm. Uh, the Trans-Kalahari Trans Corridor uh, uh, that is between uh, uh, South Africa, Botswana, and Namibia, the Sadak region as a whole, Namibia is part of SAKU. So mm. the, what has happened in Namibia, the loss of the head of state, it's impacting on us mm. as one big family in the southern tip of the continent. Yes. And he was a good one. I think he was one of the good leaders that we had in the continent. May mm. his soul rest in peace. I don't like us. We are ending our shows with sad news these days. And King Charles also has a cancer that they haven't disclosed. They're saying he went for prostate. So I'm wondering, you know, I can imagine the bunch of doctors saying, no, you go. No, you go. No, no, I can't put my finger up the king. No, you go. Because <laughs> apparently he had an enlarged prostate. Yes, yes. But they're not disclosing the cancer that he has. The type of cancer. And, and, and I find it refreshing that King Charles would wear his health on his sleeve like that. Because generally, we knew nothing about the Queen. Uh, they, they, we knew they, nothing. So the, the royal family, the British royal family, mm. they always kept it secretly. Absolutely. Close, you know? 
So it's, it's quite a breath of fresh air that King's child, King Charles is fine with uh, people knowing that, listen, uh, um, there's a cancer I'm being treated for. I just want to get back to my duties, whatever those are. But there's a cancer <laughs> I'm being treated for. And yeah, uh, yeah but I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, uh, uh, yeah, let, let's wish the king well. Uh, uh, cancer is a very, very, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a bad uh, disease or illness that, you know, I've seen people suffering from it. And yeah, but sadly, you know, the world has been taken by all these diseases. Mm -hmm. If it's not guns and bombs, it's mm -hmm. these diseases. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bosang, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, Brother Fresh. Thanks. Interesting uh, chat as always. Yeah, thank you. And and by the way, uh, uh, the calls for us to have politicians or people after, we are celebrating a year next week, by the way. Oh, uh, yes, we are. Uh, Indeed. Uh, 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 in two weeks' time, but next week, the date, we'll be celebrating a year. Mm. Uh, we are having a surprise. It will be an extraordinary show for, for our viewers and guests. And Absolutely. We are responding to some of mm. the requests, but it will be done completely different. And for now, let's not disclose that because... It is a very big surprise for, for them. We will be having guests and completely different. Absolutely. And another reason we can't tell you the surprise is because Leba Loi. You're going <laughs> to steal the idea. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm worried about them stealing the idea. Where do we, where do we find your social uh, media? As usual, on X, it's uh, uh, at Botsang M and as well as on, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, um, IG. But Botsang, M -A -Gmail .com mm. on, 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 on email. And sure. then uh, plus 2782-485-9100 on WhatsApp. Great stuff. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Politrix with Botsang Muilwa. Coming to you from Discover TV, D-I-S-C-O-V-R TV. Check them out. They do some very cool stuff. They've got an incredible studio, Discover TV. We're part of the Africa Podcast Network um, and... Uh, we look beautiful, thanks to the cinematography of Pezulu Works. Uh, shout out to Trevor and his team, Dumelo et al. Uh, our audio imaging, courtesy of Otis the Floor Fraser, and our guest, and our host, Putsang Muilwa. Creative producer, Kuvesh Mohan, and show producer, Kilezo Modisa King. Please email us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Till next week, have a great week, in spite of yourselves.